Hashi Mohammed is a lot of things to different people, a barrister, a broadcaster, and an author. His book, People Like Us, What It Takes to Make It in Modern Britain, is an instructive guide to navigating Britain's messy class system. Having mastered the dark art of code switching, he's refreshingly honest about what it took to overcome the barriers he's faced. He describes his story as remarkably unremarkable, but it's rare that you see an unaccompanied child refugee enter one of Britain's most elite institutions. Here's a quick taste of his journey. I am not that same child who turned up here as a nine-year-old not speaking a word of English, or the 15-year-old who could barely pass GCSE English, to the 30-year-old who's presenting on BBC Radio 4, or the 35-year-old who has published a book on his life story to date. Each stage, I am a different human being, growing, learning, evolving. The notion that somehow who I was at nine has been betrayed by who I am at 35 is the kind of poisonous thinking that I believe doesn't allow you to fulfill your full potential because of the way in which people perceive you and decide your destiny for you. 13 years after Hashi's parents met, the Somali state collapsed under the strain of a brutal civil war. The Hashi family fled to Kenya. His father is killed in a car accident, forcing Hashi alongside some of his siblings to start a new life in a deprived part of northwest London. The rest of Hashi's family is scattered. His uncle left for Italy, while others settled in Australia, Canada, the United States, and even Saudi Arabia. He's learned many of life's lessons the hard way, so you don't have to. And in this episode, we'll focus on some of those lessons. Lesson one, learn the power of language and then master it. Your ability to structure your thoughts, your ability to persuade, speak clearly, and adjust your tone to suit environments will inevitably affect your life outcomes. Hashi's journey to becoming the articulate young man he is today was essentially shaped by two stories. In the first story, Hashi recalls his mum complaining to a council officer about the poor condition of their flat. Rats, cockroaches and damp walls. The woman looked at his mum, struggling to explain in broken English, with a level of disdain. It was at that point Hashi realised the importance of being able to speak. He was determined to learn how to communicate in an effective way and get things done. If I talk in a certain way and I have the right vocabulary and I have the right enunciation and I keep eye contact and I use my words effectively with the right tone and the right pace in the right moment, things will happen. In the second story, Hashi is homeless and at just 18 years of age, he manages to find temporary accommodation for other homeless people. He was staying at Centrepoint in central London a shelter for those under the age of 21. But there was a catch. You could only stay for seven days. Hashi was directed to a free phone. Next to it lay a thick phone book with numbers of hostels, some of which had spaces to accept homeless people for up to four weeks. After successfully securing a place at one of the hostels, he befriended everyone at the Centerpoint shelter. He created a grid that contained people's names, where they were from, what they were fleeing, and one by one, 
Hashi managed to find all of them temporary accommodation. It was at this point that Hashi had realized the power of using his gift for communication to represent others. Hashi spent the next few years widening his vocabulary and practicing the way he spoke. Eight years later, he joined the bar, having completed a postgraduate degree at Oxford University. Lesson two, mentors matter. You can't do it alone. According to Hashi, there are four things that all good mentors should provide. One, access to people, things, and information that a mentee can't find for themselves. This could be an introduction to another colleague or a breakdown of a culture within a profession. Number two, a safe space. Mentees need to feel they can ask stupid questions. Hashi regularly tells mentors about his latest and greatest crazy plans. Number three, honesty. Mentors should be honest about their mentees' strengths and weaknesses. Number four, vision. A mentor should be able to help you see things within yourself. Hashi often says that his mentors imagined a future for him that he couldn't see for himself. Lesson three, be bold, especially when you have nothing to lose. Hashi, equally bold as he is creative, once wrote an email to his favorite television program explaining why they should choose him as one of their interns. He didn't have a background in journalism, nor did he have any family connections to make an introduction. But it was his sense of humor and wit that managed to convert his cold email into a work experience opportunity at one of the BBC's flagship programs, Newsnight. Several years later, this is what Peter Barron, Newsnight's former editor, had to say. Sometimes it's very hard to, to, to read every letter you get or every email that you receive. But sometimes things catch your eye and, you, and your email caught my eye. First of all, it was very, it was very well written. There was also some sort of very clever lines in it. You know, I swapped MTV from Newsnight a couple of years ago and I've never looked back since, you know, which, which that was a good line. And I remember this very well because if the email was compelling, then the conversation was on, on a different level. It was, it was extremely compelling and your story... I found it astonishing. And one of the very striking things when we first met was the the way that you kind of carried yourself and the way that you spoke very well spoken. I mean, I think you were in your early 20s at that stage, but you spoke with the same kind of accent that you speak with today, even though you'd grown up in a pretty tough part of, of West London, which instilled confidence in, in me. Lesson four. Confidence is a skill, not just a state of mind. While training to become a barrister, Hashi befriended Mike, a white working class kid that had studied at Cambridge. Mike was one of the rare students at the bar to have already secured a pupillage. He saw something in Hashi, regularly reassuring him that he would make a great barrister. He couldn't figure out what Hashi's X factor was. Hashi later realized that special quality was confidence. Here's what Hashi has to say How confident you are will most likely define whether you get hired in the first place, whether you're able to argue for that pay rise, whether you're considered suitable for senior positions. It is one thing to be capable, clever, and talented, but the ability to inspire confidence, project competence, get others to believe in you, and what you're capable of is quite simply crucial to success. So Hashi makes a great point, and that's, Social mobility is not only about having the best qualifications. 
It's about your networks. You've got to get the right people to believe in you. Then they've got to take a risk on you. And sometimes this will be against their instinctive better judgment. An inspiring confidence, as Hashi puts it, relies on knowing how to act, how to respond, having confidence not to bother responding to a tactless remark or subtle provocation. Lesson five, don't let others narrow worldview, limit your level of ambition or self-worth. People's attempts to stereotype, pigeonhole or categorize you can have a corrosive effect on your sense of self. Fenella Morris, one of Hashi's mentors who began her career as a barrister, in her own words, she was from a state school, not rich, not privileged, and not very self-confident. Today, she's an extremely successful in her profession. She's a QC, which is as senior as you get in the barrister world. Fenella recounts bumping into someone she met at university. Shocked that she was in the same chambers, he asked her what she was doing there. This posh, privately educated man, whose father is a high court judge, just couldn't fathom that Fenella had made it. He delivered the backhanded compliment. It's really good to see that people like you are coming to the bar. That sentence could mean a lot of things. 30 years later, and that remark stuck with her. People like you could be interpreted in several ways. But people like you could mean people like Fenella don't become barristers. That throwaway comment could have left her with the belief that she wasn't the right person to persuade a judge, address a jury, or even fight for a person's right to justice. Hashi eloquently puts it like this. Imagination, dreams, vision, ambitions are fragile things, and comments that may seem minor and inconsequential to the people who make them can have a devastating effect. He goes on to say what he admires about the bar. It concentrates within a square mile some of the sharpest intellects and the cleverest people I am ever likely to meet. People who are quick to react or assimilate information, curious, gifted with a sharp and flexible intelligence. He's also honest about the profession's shortcomings. It's that, but as in any walk of life, the bar is also full of people with their own preconceptions, prejudices and unconscious biases and worldviews coloured by their own backstories. In other words, just as they are gifted, in one sense, they are also collectively flawed. At the Lincoln's Inn mooting competition, essentially this is a mock legal debate in a courtroom, Hashi and his debating partner were sat at the top table for the formal dinner that trainee barristers must attend in order to be accepted as members of the bar. After he sat down, one of the barristers asked Hashi, so tell me, what fine school taught you to move in that outstanding way? Hashi confessed. He attended Wembley High School. At the time, the school had a reputation for misconduct and violence, and his debating skills were most likely a byproduct of Hashi talking himself out of being stabbed. The barrister scanned Hashi's face for any signs of sarcasm. Hashi's straight face revealed he was being serious. Things got awkward. Personally, I wasn't there but I can imagine both of them chewing in silence. As Hashi puts it, my questioner was simply unable to imagine a world in which someone who debated like me, who sat at the top table with him, had come from anywhere else. And those are five short lessons I learned from Hashi's story. There are loads more, um, and maybe I'll get him on the podcast to share more of his backstory. 
Here's Hashi's impact. It's essentially, in my view, hard to overstate the impact that Hashi Muhammad has had on the lives of others. He's been an outspoken advocate for diversity and social mobility within the legal profession. His no-nonsense approach to mentorship will essentially shape a generation committed to using their platforms to help others. And the thing about Hashi is he's honest about the obstacles people from diverse backgrounds face. You know, his story, in my view, it offers a blueprint. It offers a blueprint to deal with the world as it is rather than how you'd like it to be. And within his profession, he's worked on high-profile cases related to human rights and immigration. His eloquence, his poise, his skillful storytelling cements in the minds of child refugees, working-class black kids, black men, anyone who looks or sounds different, that they can do it too. Remember, there's power in all of our stories. Before I go, I just want to leave you with a quote from Hashi's book, and it goes something like this. None of us is just one thing. All of us are composed of constellations of overlapping identities that together form who we are. We might see ourselves simultaneously as a brother, a fiancé, an uncle, a Liverpool fan, a bookworm, a graduate, a petrol head, a scouser, a Virgo, a millennial. The list is potentially endless. But over all these infinite variations loom two great categories that shape our identities and our futures like no other in modern Britain, race and class. So I just want you to sit on that, think about it. Um, and, you know, if you liked this podcast, then share it with others because together we'll find the stories that matter and find the creative ways to tell them that connect with people in a meaningful way. Thanks a lot. See you next time.